Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of Monday's Topic. Your host, me, Alexander Mars. And do I have an interesting topic for you today. Woohoo! Alrighty. Alright, I was reading a blog the other day about uh, being dyslexic. And I thought the person who wrote the blog made some pretty good points. And some of his other, some of the other per, the writer's points, I did not agree with, and I want to talk to you about that because I have a very, unique, I have a very interesting perspective, perspective. Sorry, dyslexic moment. Um, because I'm also, I, I also have a physical disability besides having a learning issue. All right. So I want to talk about that. So basically, let me suggest what the other writer's point. He was talking about that uh, we live in a society that needs to change for us because it's made up of a able. It's an able-bodied system, and it needs to be more inclusive. And we can't wait for change, and we need to make it change right now, basically, is the attitude. That's what I didn't agree with, is make it change right now. And talking about that being dyslexic shouldn't be a medical issue, which I don't agree with. So basically, I it's kind of hard to explain what things. It's basically like... Society should be more integrated, which I do agree with that. But make it change now isn't going to make it happen. And he was just talking about some changes are just taking too long to take. I I think that gets into dangerous thinking territory. Is there a lot to be more done about disability rights? Absolutely. There is. There's a whole lot more can be done about that. But there's other things that are in, in the media's narrative that they're focusing on and they don't give a rat's ass about people who have disabilities. Sorry, that's just the truth of the matter of fact. Yes, we do live in an able-bodied society. Fact. I have a physical disability and I know this all well too well. You're not going to change the able-bodied society to make it more convenient for everybody else. Alright? That's just a fact of life. This is why we have commendations. This is why we have commendations. Commendations or have disability access for those who need the access. There's a lot more access in today's world than there was 10, 20, 15 years ago. I've seen it. I've seen it through my childhood. I mean, most grocery stores and new buildings have power doors, you know, like doors that motion and you, they open up and then they didn't have those when I was a kid. You try and open a door and your elbows and your hands and your fingers were hurting. Oh, it was terrible. And people were like, oh, you're taking forever to open the door. Yeah, I heard that quite a bit. I, I think people now are more understanding of when they see somebody in a walker, a wheelchair, or someone who's not walking just right. And, you know, if they're a lot more understanding than they were when I was a kid. So that's changed. You know, grocery stores, you know, could be a lot more accommodating, but they're not. That's not what they're made for. They're made for able-bodied people, unfortunately. And if you don't have the tools that you need to get the stuff that you need, you're you're like, I, I don't know how sometimes people in wheelchairs reach stuff that are so sky high. It's it's crazy. Um, I really don't. I, I think that can be better better handled especially at Walmart that's one reason I am not a Walmart shopper even though I have Walmart people's like oh Walmart 
I'm like crazy because Walmart has a tendency to, to to stack everything really high up and I don't like it and it's hard to reach even for me and it's even hard for reach for some people that are who are able-bodied to reach stuff and I've noticed this trend now at other supermarkets they're they're kind of doing that way and I don't like it if I knew who to complain to I would and go uh-uh you know but stores but stores are not going to do this society is not going to do that you know and when it comes to being dyslexic i i don't think we're we're not really going to get the accommodations that we need and i've been thinking about this topic for the last few days so basically and i've heard this mentioned through over like build a community being you know show what we can do and and make the change you know I would say where the change needs and one thing I would agree with this writer is the education because there's a lot of stuff that happened to me a trauma I experienced uh, hardly having no confidence not having understanding the skills that I did learn and how I could piece them together because and always making me hurry up and catch up with the rest of the class so so the teacher can move on it was always about it wasn't about where I was at it was always making me hurry up catch up well if I got a certain grade that was fine and the teacher moved on to the next lesson and I was still having problems with the two lessons behind and, and it, it was a mess and I hated that and that should have never happened but teachers don't have the right education to handle a dyslexic student, especially one that's not getting everything off the board. They don't have the tools and they don't have the tools to handle the everyday frustration. I think that's one of the things that in the dyslexic community we need to talk about. We need to talk about and explain to parents and to teachers, yes, you're frustrated. We get it. We understand as an adult, as a child, we don't understand why you were frustrated at us when we were trying to work in our butts off to understand the lesson and yet we were pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed beyond our capability just to keep up with the class and yet we're still two steps behind everybody else or three or four. And then you want to know, then the teacher wants to understand why in the middle of the semester we're having a meltdown or don't give a rat's ass about the homework anymore. Hello, that was me. <laughs> and then telling my parent that I'm lazy. I don't want to do the work. Yeah. And then I'm getting, and then I'm at home getting like, why are you not doing the work? <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I love my mother. I still love my mother. But it was a crazy time. And I just felt like when I was a kid, if I said anything, it wouldn't matter what I say to anybody um you know I did try to I did try to tell my mother in my own way what was going on but back then there was no like like back then there was no smartphones there was no tape recorders there was nothing that you could hide and record things and, and catch teachers because I tell you a lot of the stuff that happened to me if that was unrecorded and we had the internet back then oh my goodness gracious there would have been an uproar. But, you know, and so the writer was like, why do we need to go through the able body system to get diagnosed? Well, psychological, well, let me put it this way. Learning issues is considered a medical issue. Like it or not, we use we use people in the medical field, especially under sociology or physiology. I forget what's, what's it. Uh, you know, you, that's not a counselor. Psychologically, I forget the word. I can't top it of my head, but we go see people who are specialized, who went, who have medical training to specialize, to diagnose people with dyslexia dyslexic and and understand the capability of of the mind to rule out other issues what's going on so 
so that is part of it. It's just part of it. What we need to do in the dyslex in the dyslex I've been thinking about this. What we need to do in the dyslexic community is we need to educate parents, parents who have children who are dyslexic. Tell them our stories and tell them how they can help their child. We need to talk to educators who will listen, not just believe what they've been taught or what they've been, the material they've been reading on, but actually understand that if you have five dyslexic children, some may get some way and others will get a different way. And you may have that one that always struggles no matter what you do and help the teachers to deal with their frustration of teaching children who are dyslexic because it is very frustrating and not only frustrating for them but it's like 10 times frustrating for us and going well we got the concept yesterday why can't we get it today been there done that you know i i think some of the frustration that comes in is it's a stigma and this and that and not like why and like this one and i've dealt that with with people in my as an adult as well and talking about it why are you getting frustrated well you don't understand it yeah i do i just can't perform it every single different time yes you may have to tell me 12 different times <laughs> but you know i'm sitting there going if you're telling me something i already you're telling me something you told me 12 different times maybe the way you're explaining it to me ain't clicking with my brain. Maybe you need to find a different way to explain the exact same material in a way that I will understand it. Because that's basically what dyslexia is. So, you know, and trying to make our culture and make able-minded people mainstream is not the answer. Yes, we all need to be more inclusive. I get it. But we live in a society that is built and run by able-bodied people. And if you want to change the system, you need to know how that system works and where to change it. And there's so many different ways I hear people talking about this. And I see some really good stuff on social media and I see some stuff that I'm like, no. So, so here's my thing. I've been thinking about this. We need to educate parents who have children with dyslexia. We need to get rid of the myths. We need to talk about the myths, uh, myths of dyslexic, being dyslexic and what that means in the outlook. We also need to have a real talk. If your child isn't a fluent reader, they're going to struggle for the rest of their life period in the story if your child does not get a good education they're not going to have a very good their career outlook is going to be terrible I just said it it gonna be terrible they're going to be in the low-paying jobs and going from job to job I've seen this with people I've heard other people talk about people they don't understand why they keep going from job to job and I'm sitting there going how are their reading skills? Do they do they like to read? Do they hate to read? Because most people who hate to read struggle in with reading. And they might be dyslexic and don't know about it. I, I, I've wondered about that quite a bit. I, I hear people talk about, well, they don't understand something with the school with and going, yeah, and how are they doing now? Not all people who are in a low-income job is is, la is lazy and they don't want to do anything. Some of it is due to their education skills and a lack of reading skills, being a fool in reading. So, yeah, this is why I say, I mean, to help a child is when, when they're young, to help their mind start building the pathways to be, an, to be a fluent reader. And that means to the parent, yes, you're going to have to sacrifice. Everybody in the family is going to have to sacrifice. That means you may not have, you may have to live below your means to make sure that specific child gets what they need to have that life. It's just the way it is. 
You may not be able to have that fancy car in that big old house. But you need to think about your grandkids. You know, that kid grows up and is low in a low-paying job. You want your, your grandkids to live below in the poverty line? When you know that child's got potential? See, I think we need to talk more about the barrier. What I call the barrier about not being able to process everything correctly and where everything goes in the mind. And so the mind will compensate as, as a child gets older and making different pathways and they're not always the correct things and things get lost <laughs> or the child has problems accessing the material that they read or sometimes if you're like me and you read something and you don't really want to read everything and you just skim through it and go oh yeah alright and find important details that don't help either I, I do that all the time certain things that I don't want to sit there and read especially science right um, so yeah that's the thing too and another thing I was thinking about too I we have people in the dyslexic community we have we need to understand something we live in an able-bodied world that's dying for reading I was thinking about this if you don't have the basic reading skills to not understand names and products, how are you going to buy products in the grocery store? Because what happens if you're used to looking for a product that's designed as, as an image and a color and they decide to change it in a few weeks? I've seen this happen, especially with Tide products. I don't know how many times that I've seen like the old designs and then they get the new designs and they're hard to read. You know, you need to know reading to buy things like your products, your laundry detergent, your, your dishwashers, you know, you know, you know, dishwash, you know, for your sink when you wash dishes by hand or for the dishwasher, you know, you need to know things. You also under, understand money and math too. I mean, you don't have to have prices to understand. Okay. And read signs on the clearance rack. You know, if you see a pair of blue jeans, I was thinking about buying the other day, it was on a clearance rack. And I was sitting there, sitting there going, well, what if I couldn't read that well and didn't understand what the word clearance meant? What that meant in there that it was on clearance. And that would be cheaper at the, you know, the, the jeans I was looking at was $34 and they might have been <clears throat> down closer to 10 bucks. I thought about buying, but I didn't have the money. But I, I, I was thinking about that. You know, after what I read about this guy. It's like, we are surrounded by words, even in our home and out in the world. I mean, you go to a restaurant, you have to read the menu and know what things cost. You know, when you drive, you have to know the name of streets. When you look at a map, you have to read. Reading is such a part of our daily lives that we don't even, we forget how function is. You don't realize it until you, for one, you think about it, or two, you watch a movie and realize somebody has to learn to read again. <clears throat> or or something happens and you realize the importance of reading. We are surrounded by letters and sounds and words every day. By by music or communications or listening to a podcast or, or going to the grocery store or going to the mall and, and looking through products. Or if you do online shopping, if you want to like buy a headset. You know, you have to understand what the word headset means. If you want to go to Amazon, if you want to use the internet, you have to learn how to spell Amazon or get it halfway away. Anyway, we're surrounded by letters and sounds and words. And for us in the for us in the dyslexic community to run away from that, it's like stabbing ourselves in the own foot. I, I, I don't get it. Just because you had a bad experience growing up, said it I you you want to run away from that you want to run away from reading when we need to be telling parents who are who have children struggling in the school system and understanding and explaining to the parent that yes there's help out there yes your son can do it or your daughter can read yes it's going to take time with the right training and you can find a skill that your child can do and they can have a good career and have a good life 
This is what we need to be telling parents and educators and getting educators and stop believing some of the stuff they're being taught and look at it and actually sit down with educators and talk to them about, okay, why, what do you want to know about dyslexia? What can I teach you about dyslexia? I would love to interview an educator. <clears throat> Trust me, I would and ask them some questions and let them ask me some questions. I think that would be really good. I think that'd be an excellent podcast. Matter of factly. We can't run away from words. We, we just can't. We can't run away from words. Words are surrounded us every single day. And as a writer, I know this. And trying to write a powerful sentence or paragraph to express what I want is important. Words are around us. I mean, you watch TV. You're sitting there. You're surrounded by words. Or you go to a movie. You're surrounded by words and music. I mean, you know, especially if you watch a movie in a different language. I'm, like when I was really sick, I watched, oh, oh, the Japanese version of the, the turtle. Gamera? Yeah, I think his name was Gamma. Something like that. Sorry, I can't pronounce it. But they, they they didn't have it dubbed in English. And I had to read the subtitles. And I was like, okay, this isn't interesting. You know what? I followed along. I could pretty well understand the story. And I, I really enjoyed those movies that I watched when I was sick. Um, yeah, I brought back some memories from my childhood. But, you know, I... I, I I was very surprised how much I understood and could follow along. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. This is kind of cool. So next time if there's a movie I want to watch that's in subtitles from Japan, yeah, I'll watch it. You know, if I have a hard time, you know, I can always stop it. But we're surrounded by words and sounds and letters. And to, to move away from that because it's hard for us to understand, to read fluently, it's just nonsense. Because when we're talking to somebody, I'm using words, sounds, letters. I mean, you know, they're all like in words, but, you know, letters make up words. Sounds make up words, you know, letters and sounds. I mean, you know, you want, you learn, t -t -t, you know, for T or whatever, or A for A or K for cat, you know, the basics, you know, start putting sounds to letters to make up a word. You know, I just never understood phonics. I still don't understand phonics. But I understand how important phonics is. And I think phonics need to be taught, not memorizing words. There's a saying in one of my uh, dyslexic support groups that's saying that if a child, if a child learns, t memorizes 10 words, they can only uh, read 10 words. If a child can learn 10 sounds and then how many words it goes, it, it's, it's pretty amazing, like 320 and it just keeps going and going. It's, it's talking to, it's, it's talking about how important phonics is. So I, I don't understand, you know, I don't talk about this much because I don't, I don't dwell on what I can't do, but I've been thinking about this. I, I've been kind of thinking about this lately. I don't understand. I would like to know the joy of being able to go to a library or a bookstore and picking out any book I wanted to read and knowing that I could read it without any problem. I could go in there and buy any type of book I wanted that interested me and not have to worry would I be able to understand it. Or when I get through it and put it down because I get tired or can't, I get so overwhelmed with trying to read silently to myself that, that I get frustrated. Instead, I have to buy stuff online and, and hear it, which I don't mind, which I like that too, but there's something wrong with that. But I would just like to know the joy of silent reading. I was never able to want to do that that well because I don't have phonics 
phonics is important. A child, any child needs to learn phonics. I don't care whether they're non-dyslexic or dyslexic. A child needs to learn how to do phonics. But I'm saying, but if we run away from words, we're just isolating ourselves from the rest of the community because the community use language to communicate, whether through visual or selling products or reading the newspaper or reading the sales ad to find the best buys to understanding when you go to school. We are surrounded by words. And to run away from that, it's, it's just completely just stabbing like a knife in both feet and disabling ourselves. This is not how we're going to be able to change society to understand that there's people out there in the world that have, who struggle to read. And how we change it. And how are we going to get people who are dyslexic that are professionals, professional dyslexics to come out and be open and say, yes, I am dyslexic and this is what my family, my parents did for me and this is what happened to me and this is what I'm able to do now because of the help that I received as a child. That's what we need more of. We need professionals. We don't need famous people. We need people that are professional and who have good careers, who are making a good income, a good living, supporting their families, living the life that they want to live, and coming out in the open and losing the, losing the stigma of saying, yes, I am dyslexic, I'm a professional, and this is my story. That's what we need more of. So that way, parents and educators can look at these folks and go, yes. And not looking at people who are in, who are in low income jobs while they didn't care about their education, and they can't read that well. Oh well, that's what they deserve. No, that is the wrong kind of thinking. We need to be as one in the community and go. Yes, we all need to agree that reading is very important and influential. If a child can get better reading skills when they're young with better help and then be able to read silently to themselves, they're going to be better off in the wrong run. We all know this. And I don't understand, as the dyslexic community, why we can't all get on board on that and go, yes, that's what we need to do. We need to educate parents and we need to educate educators on life being dyslexic and how the old ways didn't work and don't work. And in finding professionals who will come out and stand up and, and put down and not be afraid of the stigma and go, yes, I am dyslexic. And this is what I struggle with today, but I'm still making, a, I'm making a good living. I'm doing the job that I love to do. And this is how I got here. Yep. That's the answer right there. I know too many people that are dyslexic and they don't want to come out and they whisper it. And if I tell them I come out publicly, you know, yeah, I'm dyslexic. And they're like, yeah, me too. And I'm just like, and I'm sitting there going, all righty. You know, I don't force them to come out, but they, they're, they're kind of elected because of the stigma. We need to get rid of the stigma and go, yes. We need people that are professionals to come out in the open and say yes. And because my parents did X, Y, and Z, and this is the kind of help I got, and this is what worked for me, and maybe this might work for your child, or something similar. Parents need, parents need a map. Not what the school system and the educators say, because sometimes they're not always correct. And sometimes they are. But... Parents need options and choices about helping their child who, who is dyslexic and how to help their child who is dyslexic. And, and I'm saying if we, if we as a collective body of people who, of dyslexic community go away from, well, we don't really need to read crap. Um which I've been seeing a lot of, and I'm not saying this particular, this particular ending was saying that, but it's just the overall feeling that I've been seeing in the movement 
from other because we've been isolated. Like, we don't really need them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we do. And they need us, too. Um, like I said, people, you know, I don't mind knowing famous people, but, you know, I'm, I was sitting here the other day and I was reading a quote from a famous, from an actor and I'm sitting there going, yeah, what if I was a parent, was a dyslexic child? And how would that quote make me feel better when my kid is struggling to, to read and who's at a first grade reading level and is still at third and who's in the third grade? And wondering what his what his job, what his life is going to be like in an adult, and how do I get him to read, get him catched up, and understand what he's reading? You know. Or what if I was a parent of a small child, and I'm already seeing the signs of my child being dyslexic, and I know it runs in the family, because I'm dyslexic. You know what? What do I do? I see a quote and go, well, that's good. Right now, I don't know what my child wants to be. My child don't want to be no actor. What if my child wants to be a scientist? I said, learn how to read and write. Or what if my child comes up and tells me, Mommy, Daddy, I want to be a writer. <laughs> and yet, they have poor reading skills and their grammar is, is difficult to understand. Yeah. So, so what do you do? You're a parent and you're going, and the school is saying one thing, but you know, you're, you're trying to find different things and you don't know what works and you, you only have so much money to spend and you know, you want to give the best to your child because you know your child needs a good education. Your child, you know, your child needs to be a fluent reader, you know, to understand things. You know, this is what parents are facing. Parents need options. They need choices. They need to know there's another way. I don't know what that other way is. I know the way that I was on didn't work for me. And I'm still struggling as an adult. I can tell you that. I can tell you what tools that helped me to get where I'm at today. And the attitude that I have. The attitude I have came from my mother. I mean, I that's one thing I'm very thankful. The attitude I had came from my mother. I it took me many years, it took me very many, 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 many years to realize that. The voice that I heard all these years telling me that was smart was my mother. Yeah. Take God for my mother. Cause I wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast if I didn't believe that. Trust me. I can tell you stories and I can still tell you stories during the day. But sitting here telling my stories may not help you decide that my child is dyslexic. What do I do now? And I'm sitting and I'm sitting there telling you, well, your child needs help now. And the school system is doing it. But I can tell you to find a tutor, to find, you know, there's programs out there that help your child. Whether that would click with your child, I don't know. I this is the thing. This is why I this is why I say that we the dyslexic community, the people like adults like me are dyslexic. We cannot run from reading. Maybe we don't like to read. Reading is still difficult, and that's fine. But we are surrounded by words and letters. Our world, our language. I mean, I have a little knickknack right above my computer desk that says beach. You know, I'm even surrounded by words in my room. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm kind of looking around. But, you know, on my desk, I got a dictionary. I've got a book called Characters, Namings, and Source Book. I also have a hymn book. You know how I'm determining all these is because of the names in the books. Because I know how to read names. We are surrounded, like I said, we're surrounded by letters and words. 
And for a child or, or a person that's struggling to read as an adult that cannot under basically understand the world they live in, we as a society have really let the ball drop on that, and that's on us. And that's on the school system as well. So, like I said, maybe I need to start doing some research about some programs out there. I've seen different things advertised on Facebook. Let's start looking into that. You know, I, like I said, this is my thing. I'm going to, I'm going over my time limit. I really got a rampage here a little bit. So, so basically, I, I, I don't like this idea of fooling around that, and, and I'm not saying, and I'm, and I'm not trying to give the impression that this writer of this blog was indicating that. It's just, there's an overall movement within the dyslexic community that sometimes people who are dyslexic just want to get away from reading because they feel like there's just too much emphasis on reading and what they don't understand is words and letters and sounds are all around us. That's how we communicate through spoken and written language. And yes, the school system back when I didn't care and I'm probably thinking they still don't care. And there's problems within the school system besides other things right now. I'm not going to get into that either. But, you know, they don't really care. So how do you tell a parent? Or how do you tell a teacher that's, that's frustrated with a student that's always the same student over and over again that's not really getting the information? And maybe one day can get it and the next day it's just totally gone in their brain. You know, is it, is, is it the teacher's fault? No, the teacher doesn't have the tools. See, my thing is when a teacher gets up, gets upset or gets really aggravated and frustrated with a dyslexic student is because they don't have the skills to deal with the frustration that they're feeling for whatever reason. And not understanding maybe the way that they're teaching that child isn't exactly clicking in that child to understand the material that they need to find a different way to teach that child. Give that child a little extra more time to make sure that child is getting that information, that information correctly associated in the right brain patterns and pathways, I should say. It's like, like a friend I had was trying to teach me something about grammar and she just said the same thing like 12 different times and like, yeah, I know. But when I do it, I don't really understand that pattern. I don't understand what she's saying because it doesn't make sense to me. And yet she got up, that friend got upset when somebody else said, hey, why don't you try this idea? And him like, hey, it worked. And that was really more helpful because the person just said it in a different way. And my friend went on and says, well, this is what I was in the grammar book. And I'm like, well, yay for the grammar book. <laughs> Uh, it's just like, just because it's in the grammar book and the way it's written that you can understand it because your book's smart and you've been gifted by God from, from God that your book's smart. I don't have that ability. <laughs> uh, my ability is seeing the whole picture and if it does not make sense in the whole picture, it ain't going the right, the right way. So, you know. And I, and I do understand the frustration and then, and the frustration with that with not only that with them and me and it just, it's, it, it gets frustrating and you, you get tired of it and then people wonder why you blow up at them. Yeah. That's another thing. But no, it's just, I think we need so my closing is we cannot 
as a dyslexic community, if we want to make a good and if we want to make a solid change within the society that we live in, we don't need to, to veer off and become our own little society. No, we can't. We live in society. We use technology. We have to understand words. We need to have some fluency of, of words. All right. We need some fluency of words because we're surrounded by words and letters and sounds wherever we go, whether by spoken or written. I mean, you have to, you have to understand some written language to, to buy products in a grocery store, like milk, eggs, bread. You need to understand what those words mean, like crackers or brand names, it's like to buy like Tide or a generic version of Tide or, you know, like a generic brand that maybe your store is selling. Like in trash bags. We can't depart from that. We need to accept it and understand just because we had a rough just because we had a bad experience in school and I'm one of them doesn't mean that future generations need that experience. We need to talk about it. We need to tell parents, no, this is what happened to me and this is how I can stop. Parents need to get involved in the school corporations. They need to get involved whether it's private or public. They need to know the curriculum. They also need to know the curriculum that's being taught, not only to dyslexic students, but to able-bodied students. I was seeing something about that in the state of Indiana recently, and I was like, whoa, that's not good. And one of these ways is to get on support groups for your state or, or different states, because I'm in different ones and I see different things. So it's, it's interesting to see what each state's doing and how they're handling certain things. We need each school system to be able to say dyslexia. We also need, if the, if the student is diagnosed or expects to have a reading problem, they also need to be tested for dysgraphia and for the one that's for math. And I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce the one for math. To me, they all, if you have one D, you need to be tested for the other two Ds. That's the way I look at it. Tested for one D, are instructed for one D, you need to be tested for the other two Ds. Just to see where the child falls. Alright. Also, parents need to know how their school board is, is elected. Whether they elect them or by a council member of the, uh, the city over they lived at. Where I live at, council members that the the residents that vote in the, the council members also elect the school board leaders all right so you also need when you when it comes up to election you also need to make sure if that's the case that the school board not the school board but the person that is running for a county or a first city seat on the council need to understand dyslexia and to make sure that they will hire, or they not will hire, but they will put, they will elect someone in the school board capacity that someone that understands not only dyslexia, but the disabled rights as well as for students, for disabilities. And to make changes, not changes, but to make sure that the curriculum fits the need for all students, not just for a few students, but for all students. We also need to change how teachers taught about dyslexia we also need to start talking about how teachers get frustrated with teaching a student that's dyslexic we need to take that out of the closet and just deal with it and go this is not good it's not good on the teacher or the student and which cause which because in which it caused miscommunication and distrust between teacher and student and also the class will take it some classmates will take it as the teacher disapproves and taunt the dyslexic student. That happened to me quite a bit. That's one way we can stop bullying in school for dyslexic children. We also need to take away the stereotype and the stigma of dyslexic ability. Just because someone has are a slow reader, we slow shouldn't be meant to like, oh, they don't have intelligence. They're dumb. They don't understand as quick as we do. Really? 
I could read that same book and it might take me a bit longer and I might put some different meanings from that book that you would never guess about because you don't think about it. <laughs> I've done that too. We need to take away that stigma just because someone's a slow reader doesn't mean they get it. It just means that they have trouble processing the material that they're reading and it takes longer in their brain. So be it. We need as a society to look and go, look at it and go and big deal. They're dyslexic. That means they have other aptitudes that they can give the class. They just need a different, they just look at things a different way and we need to embrace it, which I agree with this, with this other blog person, the, the, the writer of this blog that I read. There's like some things I disagree, but I just don't, I don't like the notion of running away from society or forcing society to change. That's not how it works. We need to get smart about how the able, how we need to get smart about how the able body society works. We need to understand how elections work. We need to understand how for each community lives, how each school board is elected, whether it's elected by voting, they run and they vote, or are they, are they appointed by a, by a city council member like where I live at? So that means you need to make sure the the candidate that you vote for, for in your city, who's a city councilman, needs to understand about disability rights and dyslexia and make sure that they appoint somebody that will follow through and make the right changes. You know, this is where it starts. It starts at a grassroots level. It also starts by us, the people in the dyslexic community, educating others by whether by telling our stories or our experiences where we're at, telling what we think needs to happen, educate parents. Yes, parents have a choice. Yes, they need to fight the right curriculum for their child. That might mean they may, because of the school system and their work, they need an IEP. They may have to fight, but they may have to hire a tutor or they might have to do their own teaching at home. There may be sacrifices that the family must will have to give up for, for that particular child to learn to read, to have the career that that child wants later on in life. We need to make parents understand that if their child is not able to read fluently, they're going to have less choices than their other siblings at home. Is that fair? Hell no, it's not fair, but that's life. We also need to teach our teachers how to handle the sexic students better. We also need to give them options. We also need to teach our educators that there's one way, there's more than one way to teach the same, the same material in a curriculum. You know, we also need to stop pushing all these tests and let teachers teach again. That's my words. So we need to look at the system and figure out how to change it. This means open dialogue with parents, with educators, with principals, with teachers, and people who make curriculum, who, who publish curriculum, you know, the curriculums. So what do we do? How do we make things better? Where do we start? Well, we start with the parents. The parents are the ones who are going to have to make the grassroots effort to get people elected on the school boards to help their children to get the right curriculum and to get the right resources. That's where we began at. And we need to tell our story. We don't need to move away and go, look, you know, this is my story and this is how I was treated. And, but this needs to change. And here's why. Instead of, oh, it needs to change. No, no, we need to explain why it needs to change. And what are the, the repercussions of doing the same old, same old. We need to make our voices known. We need to stop hiding in the closet. We need professional dyslexic people to come out and say, yes, I am dyslexic. I am the top in my field. And here's how I got here. This is what my parents did. This is what my teachers did. This is what the school did. Or this is what we found that worked for me. And I worked my butt off. And then one day, one day everything clicked. I've heard things about that with people. But this is what we need to do. Instead of complaining about the system, this is what we need to start talking about. 
And this is one reason why I want my podcast to go viral because this is what we need. This is what we need instead of talking about the same old same old and statistics and this and that and blah, blah, blah. How do we change the system? Well, we get there. I'm only one voice in the system. I'm only one voice in the community. But I know the system needs to change. And it starts with the parents. Then it starts with the educators. But how do we set the fire to make the change happen? Well, someone in the dyslexic community needs to come out and just start talking about these issues over and over and over again. And maybe we need to talk about them a different way. Or maybe someone's story will catch on fire. Maybe it won't be mine. Maybe it'll be yours. But I really would think it would help if professional people who are dyslexic would just come out and say, hey, I am dyslexic and this is my story. And I would, and if you are one of those people, write to me, let me know, and we will, we will find a way to make it a podcast. I will help you find a way to put you on my, put you on my podcast. Seriously, I would. If you are a professional person who are dyslexic and wants to come out and wants to tell their story, contact me and I will make it happen. And you can, you can have airtime on my podcast. I am dead serious about that. Totally. Because this is what we need. Because that is what we need. Because I think if more people would come out and talk about their professionals making a good income, providing for their families, and putting putting those fears for parents and go, yeah, somebody who's working a nine to five job and who's making it and working it and who has found ways to, to deal with being dyslexic and and using the resources that they have and they're making a good and they're making they're making it, then my kid can too, and I need to start fighting for my kid. Because I'm telling you what, when a parent gets hopeless, they don't know what they're going to do. They'll just follow any system. And we need to give, we need to give parents hope, not false hope, but hope that seals in reality and go, yeah, my kid can make it too. Why everybody's telling that parent, no, your kid ain't going to make it. And that's just the way it's going to be crap. Yeah, I heard that too in my life. So anyway. I know, I went off on a lot of different rabbit trails, but no, I, I get it. This is, like I said, this is one This is one of the things that I'm passionate about, is, is this stuff. And if we don't start speaking out about it and start having real conversations about this stuff, things are not going to change. They're just going to stay the way they are. And to me, for parents, it's at the grassroots levels. They need to change. They need other run for for a council member seat or they need to run for school or for you know for the school board or find somebody that is educated or find somebody who's willing to fight and to make sure the money goes where it needs to go that's where it starts we also need to to educate educators as well and I think, and I think another thing we need to talk about is the frustration when a teacher feels that they just said the same thing over 50 million, like 10 times already, and that kid still doesn't understand it. And they're ready to pull their hair out. Well, that kid's in there, like, telling, I'm telling the kids, the students sitting there telling themselves they're dumb, stupid, and everybody's right, they can't learn. Which is what happens. I think we need to really talk about that aspect as well. And... Yeah, we need to talk about that too. And we also need professionals to come out and, and and destroy the stigma and going, yes, I am dyslexic and I am professional and I'm making a decent living and I, I have a family and I'm happy and I have a career that I like and this is how I do it and this is how I got here. And yes, I had struggles, but this is what my parents and this is what the educator, educa the teachers did for me and what helped me and what didn't help me. I think that would be a very good, that would be a game changer. And how we do that, I don't know. But I'm telling you, if you're a professional and you're dyslexic and you want to tell your story, write to me, email me, 
You can contact me through Am- you can contact me through alexandermars.com through the contact. Tell me your story, what you want to do. I will contact you back. I promise. You can also directly email me at alexandermarsthewriter at aol.com. Or you can get through you can get through to me at Twitter at AM Storytelling. I I think we we need we need a lot more people to come out and not be afraid of it. Because the ones I talk to they're they're still feeling the the, the stigma of what they felt when they were in school or what they had to do. And I think if more people would talk about that, I think that would really get parents fired up at their grassroots and change it. And I'm telling you, if they change it, then the people, the publishers that who create the curriculums would start changing it, including stuff for dyslexics or students who have different needs. This is time that we get serious because if a child cannot read, a child will struggle in the society no matter what they do. Whether by going to the grocery store or going into the bank or just simple reading simple instructions to build something. Reading is a part of our lives and we cannot run away from it. We need to embrace it, even though the ones like me cannot fully read very well silently. We can't run away from it. We need to embrace it. And this is one reason why I like to read. So anyway, I have went really long. I know I said this earlier, but I get on these rabbit trails. Um, I am going to end it, like I said. Um, if you're a professional and you wanted to tell the story, I will gladly give g- give you time on my podcast. We will make something happen. I'll figure out something. But anyway, like I said, if you want to do that, contact me. Uh, like I said, you can contact me through my website, alexandermars.com. Hit contact. There you go. Uh, if you want to directly email me, my email is alexandermarsthewriter at aol.com. I know. It's a long one. But anyway. You know, you can also contact me through Twitter. My handle is AM Storytelling. You can also follow me in there. So, yeah. I, like I said, we need to start talking about this. We need to have a platform where professionals feel comfortable coming up and they don't feel like they're going to be stigmatized. And I just don't know where to start, but Hey, if I have someone's interested, I'll give them I'll give them airtime. Trust me. I'll even ask them some questions. But anyway. So I'm gonna let you guys go and I'm not sure if there will be a Wednesday podcast. Not sure. I'm getting my infusion on Tuesday, so that's kinda iffy. Um not sure. So, I'm I for my infusion. I have went from uh, instead of doing four weeks, I'm doing five weeks. Um. So, yeah, because it's all because I got sick and I moved up my week in October and and uh, when I went back, they asked me if I wanted to stay on my current schedule time, and I said yes, I should be fine. Which my joints are doing pretty good, by the way. It's just other issues I can tell that I'm having that I need my, I'm needing my infusion. But my joints are doing pretty good overall, so I'm glad I'm not like having a major flare-up. So, so that's good. I'm just tired and worn down and had a little bit of a brain fog now here and there. So, anyway, well. I hope you guys um, have a wonderful week if I'm not back on until Friday. And I hope that you will spend the time ones that you love. And I hope you're going to spend some time with your family over Thanksgiving or friends, whoever. Also, too, before I let you go, also remember the people who can't get out or don't have people around anymore for Thanksgiving. You know, 
make sure that they have something special on that day. Um, people who are homebound or isolated or have a disability find the holidays depressing and a bit lonely. And, you know, sometimes just a simple gesture can make their lives, make them feel wanted and loved in ways that you would not understand unless you lived a life, unless you have that life. So I just want to point that out too. And maybe I'll talk about that in the coming week. So I'm going to end it here because I keep going over and I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Let me know. You can catch me. You know, you can send me an email uh, on my contact page, um, alexandermars.com. You can also follow my blog there as well. You can also catch me on Twitter, like I said earlier. My handle is amstorytelling. And you can also send me an email directly at alexandermarsthewriter at aol.com. I know it's probably just easier to go to my website, alexandermars.com, through contact, and hit the contact and fill out fill out everything. So, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. So, I will see you on the other side of the moon, and I'm going to try to get some editing and work on some digital art this week, because I don't have therapy. If you heard some of these podcasts, you understand why. Uh, so I'm going to try to get some things done and hopefully I will feel better after I get my infusion on Tuesday. So I will see you guys later and remember, tell the ones that you love, that you love them and have a great week. Toodles!